0: welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, get us exploring interesting ideas, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. So our topic today is empowering the service economy. Uh, We have had quite a ride with our economy in the last few years. Uh, We look back at COVID, but even before COVID, we saw some fraying of the edges um, in, in looking at the way we work and what we're doing in our work. And there is a U.S. in the United States, we have an hourly workforce shortage, and it's gotten to critical levels. There are 4 million fewer people that are currently available to work than employers want to hire. And I'm just going to let that pause for a moment, 4 million in our, our country. 97% of hospitality employers start, stated that they were experiencing a staffing shortage starting in July 2022, but it goes back even further. So to explore the challenge that we have and some creative ideas to address that, um, we have Stefan Mitford, who is the president and founder of Copango. And it's a very interesting new idea, and I've asked him to come join us to tell us about that. Welcome, Stefan.
1: Good morning. Welcome. Uh, uh, Thank you very much for uh, asking me to join you this morning.
0: Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about um, Copango and what makes it unique
1: yeah, um Kapango is um, a platform, a digital platform, a mobile app for the hourly service industry. So we're focused very much on the retail, restaurant, and hospitality industry and trying to do a better job of matching potential workers to great employment opportunities.
0: What I love that when I read through your materials is the whole idea of um, passion. And powers, and looking at what we do in our work and what we bring to our work differently.
1: Yeah, you know, when we started to dig into the problem, and as you indicated earlier, um, there is this problem that's been going on for years now, where we don't have enough hourly labor coming into the workforce, and with that hourly labor, how do we connect them to the right opportunities when they do come in? And when we looked at the employment process and talked to employers and looked at job applications, we tried to dissect what really they were getting at when they were looking at an application, right? What are the things that somebody brings to the table? And we finally decided that it was really two things, powers and passions. You know, I bring a a set of powers, which might be um, I've got uh, a high school diploma, I've got two years of college credit, Um, Maybe I've already worked in some uh, retail or hospitality employee. Uh, Maybe it's just that I've got a car and good transportation or I can lift 50 pounds and I can work in in the back room. That's a power. (laughs) That's a power. Those are tactical things that an employer needs to make a decision on. These are the things I need to bring to the job. But the other part of it that was really important was what passions do you bring? Instead of just saying I'm looking for a retail job – Differentiate between somebody who loves gardening and wants to work in the garden center or somebody who loves electronics and wants to work at an electronics store selling computers. Um, And also differentiate the difference between employees that want to engage with customers and they love communicating and they love that interaction and employees that, quite frankly, are quite happy to be in the back room. So Mm -hmm. do I want to be front of house in a restaurant? Do I want Mm -hmm. to be back of house? So we felt it was really interesting to look at that and break it down for the industry into powers and passions. And those are decision points in hiring.
0: I think that that resonates with the younger generations as well. Now, you and I, I think, are probably the same generation that when we got started, we were just happy we got a job. I mean, it was a job that, mm-hmm. that, was, that was important. Um, it could have been a lot of different things. But the job is what we got excited about. I don't think the, the employees, the hourly employees that we're looking to, to hire don't necessarily just want a job.
1: Yeah, it's important. Employers need to recognize there's a dramatic shift in the attitude of, especially, the Generation Z workers coming in. Mm -hmm. Because they look for cost-based employers. They look for good places to work or employers that have great values. Um, And so when they think about trying to look for that first job, you're right. They're not just looking for a job. They're looking for an opportunity to match up, uh, an opportunity to work and be successful at a place that they want to work. Sometimes it's the group that they work with too, right? Mm -hmm. What's the group that's there and what's the feeling amongst that group that I'm working with every day?
0: We talk a lot um, about feeling the belonging and how important exactly it, it, is. it yeah. feels to belong where you work. Yep. And if you are seen for your powers and passions, that's the first step to be recognized for what you bring to the table as well as celebrated. for. And, and when you are both recognized and celebrated, uh, belonging is natural.
1: Yeah, and it, and if we've done a good job, when we think about matchmaking in Capango and think about how do we digitally analyze information mm-hmm. to create that match, it's, it's much like the idea of a matchmaking in a dating app, right? We're using digital information to score a candidate, identify them, and find them the best opportunity. But if I found that person that loves gardening and I can get them into uh, a garden center on Saturday mornings, they're actually going to enjoy their job better. They're going to do a better customer service. They're going to sell more because of that better customer service. And they're likely going to stay longer, right? So it's the difference between I want an employee versus I want somebody who can bring to the table those extra little things that make a difference.
0: It's funny. When you first shared with me that it's kind of like a matchmaking app, I had to think about that for a little bit. Um, Okay. But what what I tumbled to is, well, why not? You love – if you love where you work – You know, and and matchmaking is all about finding that 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 kindred spirit that that you want to be with. Why not find a kindred workplace? That allows you to have that same sort of passion to be released in what you do, and isn't the goal to find jobs that you don't, you you would love to do even if you weren't paid? I mean, this allows that to come up, and and maybe even surprise individuals about where that could be for them that they had not thought about before.
1: It's both that, and it's looking at very black and white things like I only want to work at a place within four miles of my house. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because of transportation or whatever. Um, It could be, I only want to work on Saturday mornings. So it's really important to both have the characteristics of the things I love to do, but also match that employer up with the right set of black and white things that are going to be successful. There's no use hiring somebody who says they don't like working weekends when your retail job is a weekend-focused job. And so... Understanding that in front of the hiring decision um, so that you reduce that turnover later on.
0: And your goal is long-term employment.
1: Yeah. We think um, one of the challenges in the industry, you quoted the data uh, on a national level, there's this disparity between the number of open jobs and the number of workers that are searching for work right now. In the U.S. market across the country, it's about 4 million people. Minnesota, um, quite frankly, is – a tougher market because your workforce participation rate is actually higher than the national average, and the disparity between open jobs and workers in Minnesota is the fifth highest in the nation.
0: I did not know that. And
1: so you, uh, particularly in this state, have a dramatic problem in matching that up. And the only way we solve that problem is identifying and bringing new people into the workforce, find ways to get them in there. Um, I'm lucky enough that I grew up in a retail environment where I had the new opportunity to go to an employer who helped me learn on the job and went through a training program and it became my career. And I think that's the other thing we all have to understand, whether it's in the hospitality industry, which is so important in Minnesota, um, the retail industry, the restaurant industry, we all see it walking down the street, all those help wide signs, right? So we know there's a problem. Um, We have to be able to engage young workers coming into the workforce to convince them, hey, this isn't just an opportunity to make some quick money. Mm -hmm. This could be your career. Mm -hmm. And you never quite know where your career goes in the hospitality industry. You can go anywhere in the world once you've established a set of baseline skills.
0: There there could be an attitude, well, I don't want to flip burgers. Okay, well, the discipline that you learn and the skill sets that you learn by working at a restaurant – Allows you to do a lot of things in the future in terms of being able to know you have to show up on time, know you have to work exactly. with your coworkers. How do you interface with customers? And there is a career trajectory that folks don't um, always consider the opportunities that maybe they're part of their education will get paid for. By working there, maybe they see a job in marketing. Maybe they see a, being able to be an entrepreneur and, and, and own a franchise. Um, very exciting opportunities. And they could make perhaps $100,000, a six figure amount within 10 years if they work hard.
1: Yeah. And when you think about it, and my first job was flipping burgers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it did all of those things, right? Show up to work on time, treat the other employees in the workplace fairly, um, you know, work as a team to achieve goals and get Learn things done. Learn how to done. work for a boss. Yep. And all so those good things. There is great data that says if your first job was a retail or restaurant hospitality job and you did that part time in high school or maybe while you were going to college, there's data that says no matter where you go in life, the skills that you learn there will make you more successful at no matter what else you do. Uh, it's communication with customers. It's understanding empathy with people that you're dealing with in a customer service role. Those skills are lifelong skills that benefit you no matter what career you take later on.
0: Well, I'm excited for our next segment for you to share about uh, a program that you went to, uh, the Minnesota Pro Start, which works with high school students who are competing both in the culinary and management for uh, opportunities for scholarships and going on to the national uh, competitions. But before we do, I want to make sure that you share your website. If folks want to learn more about Capango.
1: Sure. Capango, it's really simple. Capango.com, C-A-P-A-N-G-O.com.
0: And there it's both for the folks who may want to have a, enlist as an employee, a potential employee, as well as for employers who may want to look at how to work with you on this.
1: Exactly. If we're thinking about matchmaking, our job is to create <laughs> both sides of that and bring in great employers uh, who have opportunities that they're trying to fill and find those great um, new um, sets of talent that they can bring in to match
0: them up to it. And we'll learn more about that in the next one. Thanks so much. We'll be right back just after a few short commercials. Good morning. I'm Laurie Fitz, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've joined the conversation. Today, we are talking about empowering the service economy. And we have the president and founder of Capango, St- uh Stefan Midford, who is sharing his experience in designing a new program and bringing it to life, uh, and his uh, opportunity to be with ProStart in Minnesota here in the last few days. I want to share with you what ProStart is. Uh, ProStart is an amazing program that's under the National restaurant association educational foundation it's a mouthful but it's the foundation for the national restaurant association it's a nationwide program for high school students that focuses on developing the next generation of restaurant and food service leaders The program is industry-driven. It's combining culinary arts and restaurant management training to build practical skills. It provides students with a platform to discover new interests while highlighting successful career opportunities across the industry. So some of the program benefits. The students participate in a two-year curriculum. They take two national exams. They compete uh, a minimum of 400 hours of industry work experience, and demonstrate a mastery in employable skills. It also um, the graduates are the graduates are eligible to receive the National ProStart Certificate of Achievement. It's a post-secondary and industry recognized certificate that can result in scholarships and credits towards apprenticeship, academic, and work experience. So ProStart. I absolutely adore it. It's a wonderful program. It gets, um, it gets people ready. But it also, when you're there, you see all the passion when you talk about power and passion. The passion is there for the future workforce in the restaurant industry, and it just warms your heart. So tell me about your experience here in Minnesota. Minnesota, we have competitions. The folks that win uh, go on to the National pro Start in in May and compete for scholarship. But tell us how it went here in Minnesota.
1: It was a great event. Um, You know, every time you see a group of young adults who are trying to find uh, opportunities to express the things that they're interested in, and particularly in ProStart, you've got high school students who have taken a certificate program at their school they've decided they want to get into culinary arts. And maybe that's because they've been watching the Great British Bake Off or something on TV and (laughs) said, hey, you know, I'd like to do that. That's an interesting career. Or or Or, Chopped.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and there's so
1: many examples of that. And so ProStart, through the program at the school, they learn the skills necessary um, to really understand what that industry is all about. What is the hospitality industry about? And what's my opportunity here? But at ProStart, in... The competition this week uh, at uh, the St. Paul River Center brought together, uh, I think, 15 or 17 teams from high schools around the state, and it, it, you could see that enthusiasm for what they did, right? The way they come in, the way they work as a team. Um, and, and
0: the two competitions are a little bit like Chopped and Shark Tank. You, you, you've got these students that are are making delicious meals, but they only have like a Bunsen burner basically to work off, of no running water. They have to bring all of it in. They have thirty minutes to create, you know, a three course meal.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, an hour. Oh, they do. Okay. Um, but um, and and not just a three course meal. I mean, the one thing that blew me away was the menus that they brought into the competition. Sure. The level of skill at what they were making was unbelievable. You know, for a high school student, it's like, wow, I want a whole bunch of you guys to like help me at home because <laughs> the <laughs> things you're cooking here are amazing.
0: And the skill set that it takes and to,
1: the to create that. Um, but we could also see, you know, when you think about the back end of a restaurant and the skills and the teamwork that it takes, right? What are the different roles that people play to mm-hmm. make a successful restaurant look easy, right? Mm-hmm. And we could see that in the teams as we worked at uh, – looked at the different responsibilities that the team members had, whether it was the person that was helping with making sure they were on time and things uh-huh. were moving along or who was responsible for the vegetables versus the meat <laughs> versus the pasta and so on. And, so, and then um, there's
0: another group, right, that are like the Shark Tank that present an idea of right. what a, a brand could be right how and to bring that to life the
1: business side of the restaurant mm-hmm. you know industry right so given the opportunity to present hey here's a restaurant concept or here's a business concept for a restaurant um, and because we know that as restaurant owners, you have to do both, right? You can't just right. have a good kitchen. You've got to have a, a business. It is a business, right? And so, um, you know, some of the competition uh, on the culinary side was even just the menu and how you created your menu. And how, how did you price your menu, by the way? you Are going to make mm-hmm. any money? <laughs> um, Details. You know, those are important things to understand. It's not just the fun of cooking, but it's a business. You have to be successful.
0: And what did you bring to the event that um, – that represented Capango and represented uh, something for them to think about.
1: Yeah, we were really excited. This is the first big opportunity that we've had to announce a program called Job Launchpad um, that we are now rolling out to high schools in Minnesota. Um, hundreds of high schools just got information on it in the last few weeks. And Job Launchpad is the opportunity for high school students to look for that first career opportunity. And maybe not even career is the wrong word. The first work opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Um Our studies and our research at university levels, when we talked to the university students, they said, you know, our biggest obstacle at finding that first employment was getting that, gee, I got to fill out an application, or, oh, I need a resume. And the tools and the technology that, quite frankly, are out there in the marketplace today, were built a long time ago and don't address the audience that is this Gen Z high school student who's a digital audience, not only digital, but mobile digital, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're not using them. It's laptops. all their phone. It's all it's on the all phone. It's all the phone. Yeah. And so Job Launchpad was a program that we are announcing and rolling out in Minnesota where the career centers now can look and say, hey, here's a mobile app. You download it. You fill out a quick pro, uh, profile, Powers and Passions, Um, we'll create your resume for you. That was really important. We understood that for a high school student, many websites say upload your resume is the first question.
0: And they're overwhelmed.
1: And they're overwhelmed. It's a blocker. And and what do you put on it if it's your first work opportunity, right? And so.
0: And if you go and try and look for a format, it's like it's for people who have careers. It's not for people that are just starting out.
1: So in Job Launchpad, we don't let you upload a resume. What we do is we let you fill out your profile Very quickly. I can do it in about four minutes. And then hit a button and we'll create a resume for you. But we'll create a resume that's already been designed for a job in retail restaurants and hospitality. And so that has two benefits. One is the job seeker can now – Use that inside our platform or, quite frankly, print it, take it somewhere else that's not using Copango or Job Launchpad. Um, And the employer, importantly, gets the same document for every single employee. So there's no um, inherent bias in looking
0: at the document and somebody who created a nice document versus somebody who didn't. But it isn't attractive. I mean, it's standard. And everyone will be able to benefit from it being standardized. But it's got your picture. It's a little bit about them. Um, overviews what they can do, and it, it focuses on which I just keep loving and keep coming back to. What is what are their powers? You know what can they do, and what's the passion? And when you can match people's passions to what you offer you've made a good match.
1: (laughs) Right, right. And the other thing that we've done, um, which was really valuable for the ProStart students at the competition this week, is we've tied our platform, and we're the only platform that's done this, in our partnership with the National uh, Restaurant Association Foundation, Education Foundation, and their ProStart. So these ProStart certified students can now put that in our platform. It's a question we ask. Are you certified? What are you certified in? ProStart, Serve Safe, um, rise Up for the National mm-hmm. Retail Federation. We'll put that badge on their resume, we'll score them a little higher, and importantly, we'll let employers search for those candidates. Uh. So what we're doing is So they time. know that
0: they've got the training.
1: They Yeah, exactly. They've taken the time and the initiative to get the training, and what we're doing is connecting that then success of taking the training, getting your certificate, to getting on top of the pile looking for that first opportunity.
0: And they're proud of that certificate.
1: It's a big deal. right? And,
0: and then to be able to have it right at the top, right by their name, these are the certifications and and this is what I do well and what I want to do. And it, it matches to the real need, as we said in the first uh, segment, for folks to reach out and find employees. There is a challenge and um, – a real po- problem in our in our economy with the service jobs that are going unfilled.
1: And that's what we mean about empowering the service economy, right? When we think about the service economy, in particular, we're focused on retail restaurants and hospitality in these training programs. Um, the National um, Retail Federation has a great program called Rise Up, which is um, we're working with the Minnesota Retailers Association to roll that out in Minnesota so that, again, as a high school student, um, or even somebody who's work challenged right now and, and for whatever reason is having a hard time finding that next work opportunity, getting Rise Up certification, getting introduction to the retail industry. and So then, they even
0: know about the opportunity.
1: Yeah. And yeah. showing that initiative to say I'm interested in this. Right. And so get them in front of the pile of the other candidates um, so that they can – Get value out of the time and effort they put into getting those certifications.
0: Well, if you want to learn more about the great programs that are being um, that are being launched. Uh, please uh, feel free to contact the website and find out more and ask for more information. I'm going to let you share about the website and who should contact you about the, these opportunities.
1: Yeah, so uh, especially uh, for young workers who are just learning and trying to go for that first work opp- work opportunity, um, joblaunchpad.com. Nice and simple. Um, there is um, – you can download the app. You can register. And as I said, it takes about four and a half minutes and boom, you've got a resume. You've got a profile. And absolutely free of charge. Absolutely and, free of charge. And, uh, and,
0: and it's fun just to go through it to look at and think about what are your powers and passions.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, We worked, for instance, with Hospitality Minnesota recently. They asked us to do some uh, improvements to the platform because they wanted to be able to differentiate somebody who might be interested in swimming – uh, somebody who's interested in skiing, somebody who's interested in golf. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that important as a passion? Because now an employer can say, I'm looking for a lifeguard. Uh-huh. I'm looking for a ski instructor. I'm looking for a golf caddy. Mm-hmm. And so again, those passions, if you've got a golf caddy that is somebody who's already loves a sport and, and that's what they do in their spare time, why the heck wouldn't you want them working in that job?
0: And if they're interested in learning more about Capango and ways to work with you,
1: Um, Always just directly on the website um, from an employer perspective or from a student perspective, uh, capango.com, C-A-P-A-N-G-O.com.
0: And we'll be right back uh, after just a few short announcements and commercials. Uh, We'll be right back to talk more about the service um, economy and how do we continue to empower it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we're glad that you've joined us today as we're talking about empowering the service economy. We have as our guest Stefan Mitford, who is the president and founder of Capango. We've been talking about all the ways of looking at matching people and jobs differently and what can that look for the future because we are right now – in a challenging time where we need people <laughs> to work in jobs and we're not finding them in the service industry. Um, so you're a matchmaker.
1: We're a matchmaker. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all recognize it uh, every time we go out to the store or every time we go out to dinner, right? And you see those help on its eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, You see the unfortunate employers who are having to close their store early or that close Mm -hmm. the restaurant on some days because they don't have enough staff.
0: I'm on a neighborhood app, and someone posted that, you know, this pizza uh, restaurant that we, you know, know and love in our community and has been in our community for 30 years had to close for a full week because they just did not have the staff.
1: Yeah and as we look at this problem and we started researching this back 2017 2018 and the problem was already severe then, right? So people sometimes think this is the, the result of COVID, and it's not. COVID certainly threw a bomb in the middle of it all. Uh, and these, especially uh, restaurant, hospitality, retail, all struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is this problem has been brewing for a while. The ability to engage workers and get them into these industries and show them that there are successful careers and amazing opportunities um, it needs to be really reinforced.
0: What I'm interested in is your background that led you to come up with some of these creative ideas. And you you started out – you said in in our last segment, you started off in retail as your first job and kind of caught the bug of what it means to be in retail. But you worked also at Discover um, uh, Finance Mm -hmm. and you worked at Sears and Roebuck, which of course when I saw Sears and Roebuck, I thought back to my – Younger days of the Sears Wish Book and and how that was really the predecessor of Amazon of looking forward to those sure. boxes coming to your door. Um, so you you've seen changes over the last you know.
1: Yeah, like any industry, um, both changes in our expectations of the industry. Certainly Mm -hmm. the digital age has, has changed the industry a lot, um, Mm -hmm. and created new opportunities as well as big challenges. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough, um, I started my career with a, a major employer, Sears Roebuck. Um, actually started in the Sears Canada organization and, uh, ended up getting, um, moving to the U.S. to, to work for Sears Roebuck. And quite frankly, they had the training programs that allowed me to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. I was very lucky in that I had great training programs, great mentors, great people I worked with that helped me understand the industry. But once you get into the industry, you do start to see the breadth of opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And to have a retail operation or a restaurant or a hospitality operation is one thing. And everybody's familiar with the customer facing side working in a store. But the back end is amazing, right? Whether it's buyers for retail or whether it's technology and so on. And that's a little bit where my career kind of took a left turn. Um, I I loved technology and the more I sort of played with the technology at my employee and and wanted to take assignments that were related to the technology, the more I ended up sort of Making that my career path and and for the last 15 years, 18 years, I've been 100 percent focused on technology for the retail, restaurant, and hospitality industry.
0: And you came up with Natural Insight as one of your first big rollouts with the technology. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Natural Insight is a platform um, that is a background platform that's used around the country, um, by third parties and brands and retailers um, for ad hoc labor and ad hoc, ad hoc uh, staff management in, inside their stores. So when you think about going into a Best Buy store, certainly you're going to see those blue shirts that work for Best Buy. But you might see the Samsung wrap, the Sony wrap, the Canon wrap, the Intel wrap, the Microsoft wrap, all of those other people that are coming into that store to yeah. support that retail environment. And we were the largest provider in the country of technology for that ad hoc labor. So we had everything from um, grocery store workers that were rotating stock to … They,
0: they, who would they report to?
1: So very often they report it to one of the third-party staffing firms in the US market. There's mm-hmm. probably 300 of those firms. As I think of like a count,
0: account temps and whatnot.
1: <laughs> but there are some very focused firms that just do this in retail. Interesting. And in, um, particularly in retail. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, Natural Insight, um, we had about 80,000 workers in the United States that were working in different stores around the country um, doing all those things. You know, And you know it as a consumer. You walk up to somebody in the store who's doing something and you ask them a question. And they say, I don't work here. And you're like, Mwah. you know, you're working <laughs> on the shelf. Yeah. Yes. And so very often, they're doing one of those assignments at got that it. store on behalf of a brand. Um, and so when we were doing that, that's a little bit how we got into Capango. The employers told us, hey, you know what? I can manage my workers. What what I can't do is find them. How do mm-hmm. I find them? Mm-hmm. And we looked at the industry, and we, you know, discovered that the tools and the technology that was being put into use hadn't really materially changed. There was a lot of advertising Mm -hmm. um, competition going on and that's really where a lot of the big players are still focused on just advertising. Um, You probably see it all uh, on your TV and you hear it uh, Mm -hmm. in the radio ads and whatever for the the job boards. But they hadn't changed the process behind the scenes and that's where we felt like there was a huge opportunity.
0: And when you say they hadn't changed how they did it. it we were still relying on traditional resumes. It's still relying on a a process of how you get a job and how you look for people. And you turn that on its ear by saying it's not just what you've done. It's who you are and, and what are your passions and powers that allow you to be successful. And that's great for both the company and for the employee. Yeah, and I think
1: um, a big – Aha moment for us was differentiating professional job search from hourly labor job search. Right, mm-hmm. if you're a high school student looking for that first job, or if you're a senior just looking for a part time job on the mm-hmm. weekend, that's a different job search than going to one of the big job boards that is trying to figure out how to hire teachers and truck drivers and nurses. Right. So that experience and kind of, of looking at it
0: as commodity almost <laughs> yeah. instead of you know what does this person bring.
1: Right. So we wanted to look at that whole experience and say, hey, you know what, this is. A focus of attention for this workforce, the ability um, to hire a server for a restaurant and the tools you give that worker as an opportunity to find employment should be different than the ones you give to a nursing candidate, right? Mm -hmm. And so we focused a lot on why is that different? How is that different? How do we make it better?
0: And have you had responses from the folks that have had their resume made and or, or getting out there? What What are some of the stories? around it's that? It's
1: fun when we do it. We did um, research with three different universities around the country to understand um, at that level from the student perspective what they thought that the job experience and the job search experience should be, and uh, it was fun to see that that response when we came out with the first test of the platform and saying, "Oh my gosh, I wish I had this," mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so it's fun to see that, it's fun to look at how you can apply technology to solve a problem that's sort of been out there for a long time mm-hmm. and think about it a different way. Um,
0: I also have to believe – and this is just a guess on my part – that it may address some of the retention issues as well. We've got a lot of – we can get sometimes people in the door but keeping them is also a challenge and we have a 75 percent uh, turnover when it comes to the restaurant industry. Um, have you – are you looking to track, you know, the longevity of people in jobs? We
1: absolutely want to look at the end result for any employer is, you know, reduce my turnover, get better people into those jobs, have them do a better job, so I have more sales. Mm-hmm. And so when we looked at it, um, and we. Equated a lot of what we were doing to the dating app experience, right? Mm-hmm. And the experience you see um, in those dating apps, where they're using questions and then math algorithms to really try and do a better job of making those matches, and that's what we looked at. We had some fun with our developers because we we had them going up to competitive shopping <laughs> dating apps, and they were almost like, "Hey, I need a letter from you to my wife saying there's a reason I'm on this dating app." Um, but we wanted to take. <laughs> did did that you give concept.
0: that permission? <laughs> we we absolutely did. We had to, right?
1: Um, and, but. We want to really look at that and say, you know, that's the concept of matchmaking, because really what we're doing is matchmaking employers and employees. And if we've done a better job, just like in a dating app, you will stay longer, have a better relationship, and so on. Mm -hmm. And we think those same tenants apply to the hospitality industry.
0: Well, in our next segment, I would love to have us talk about what you see the future and, and what other next steps after um, the matchmaking and, and what things you're looking at that you're talking about mm-hmm. that's that perhaps is on the whiteboard for the future. Great. Uh, and before we go uh, from this segment, if you wouldn't mind just giving the, the website for folks to learn more.
1: Capango.com. dot ocom
0: Terrific. We'll be right back. Fitz, your host, and I'm so glad that you have been with us today as we've been exploring ways to empower the service economy. And with us has been Stefan Midford, who is the president and founder of Capango, who has many creative ideas of looking at. Our service economy in new ways, in terms of how do we engage people differently in the hiring process and in being able to give people new ways to think about their jobs, as well as new ways to think about their employees. So, thank you so much, Stephen, for jo- joining us today. It's been a
1: great conversation. I, you know, it's a, a topic I'm obviously passionate about. Yeah. Um, it's been my lifelong. I've been lucky. I've worked in retail my entire life, and. And it's a great industry and and it's something that if we continue to evolve and we will, um, how do we – what are the things that look like they're coming down the pike?
0: Well, as I have said it from the beginning, I love the idea of turning a resume into really a sharing of your passion and powers. And yes, your passion comes through strongly. You could put that on your passion and powers (laughs) that you have a passion for solving problems as well as giving people opportunity and I, th- I see that this is what really makes it special is opening the box to opportunity. As you look to the future, uh, as you, you've built out this uh, job launch opportunity where students, young people, older retirees can all look at this and go, how do I present myself uh, with passions and power so that folks know who I am? So ultimately where I land, I'll feel like I belong. Um, as you continue to develop this, what things do you see in, in the future for our service economy?
1: Well, I think one of the things that we're all seeing now and we're seeing it in how people are spending their money right now, right? Um, two years ago, we were all spending our money fixing up our houses. And now we're spending our money on experiences and things that I want to do. Restaurants are having a great year this year because people are going back out there and not only going to restaurants but spending a little bit more money and buying a little bit better bottle of wine or whatever because they're back into experiential. So when I think about whether it's retail stores or restaurants or the hospitality industry, that concept of the difference between a commodity buyer – who is saying, hey, I just need to go run in, pick up this and leave versus a buyer who is looking for that experience. And that's in particular when we think about the workers and lining up the workers then to say, have we got the right workers? Because when I go into that store, I want that experience. Um,
0: And you want to have an enthusiastic experience. And, And when someone has a passion for it. It comes through.
1: Yeah, we fell into a little bit of a problem a few years ago where it was almost like you could go into the store and the person there was reading the web page for the knowledge about the thing that you wanted to do. Right? And yeah. It's like, well, I can do that at home. Right? Yeah. Um, I really want to go in and have that experience with uh, with both the product and the engagement with the employees. So matching that up, you know, if I love gardening working at that garden center on Saturday morning and just talking to people about, no, you don't want that in the shade. You want that in the sun. You mm-hmm. know, Those are things that you can see right away when you talk to that employee. Um, I think about some of the employers that are out there are trying to do that. There's a great company that I love, Shinola, who has built a real retail environment around the whole idea of The experience of shopping and great products. Mm -hmm. Um, When I think about the restaurant industry, there's a great company called Ann Pizza who's very focused on their focus on employees Mm -hmm. to the point that they say it on their boxes, right? Hey, we're focused on our employees. This is a Mm -hmm. big deal for us. Um, So I think that when I think about the industry and I think about consumers going in, being able to differentiate, hey, I'm going in to quickly buy something quickly uh, and Mm -hmm. get out and run home or I'm going in because I want to have a conversation with somebody.
0: And you also see that opening some of these doors will lead to long-term long-term opportunities and growth. We have
1: to recognize that um, even in today's economy, you know, there's probably forty-five percent of the U.S. workforce that doesn't have a four-year college degree, and so. Creating great opportunities, whether it's through a program like the National Ret- uh, Restaurant Association uh, Educations Foundation's, that that Pro Start program. Hey, I want to get into culinary skills. I want to learn that. Uh, whether it's the National Retail Federation's um, Rise Up program, I want to learn more about retail and not just go work at a store, but I'm going to take some basic fundamental retail classes and learn those things. Um, there's some great organizations. There's one called STARS, which is really thinking about skilled through alternative uh, alternative routes. And I kind of think about my career that way, right? I, did, I, for a lot of reasons, never went to college, had great employers who gave me the skills to be successful and have an amazing career.
0: And the vocational aspect in terms of earning that education through the work experience and through apprenticeships and through other can be proudly displayed, you know, in in. In being able to look for their career of where they want to go and what they want to do, Um, what I love is when you get people in the door, having them have the chance to see the career trajectory that's available to them that they may not know. If they're just looking at someone who's serving them, uh, they may not see that that person may be happy for the rest of their life being a wonderful server. Others may look at it and go – I want to start in serving and I want to end up owning uh, a franchise or I might want to be a general manager or I may want to go into marketing. I may want to go into HR. They're all there.
1: Yeah. I could never have dreamt the path my career took. Mm -hmm. It just is unimaginable to me to figure out how the heck that happened. Uh Um, So I think just seeing opportunities, taking opportunities and constantly even today Every day especially. I'm in the technology industry. Every day I have to focus on learning what's going on. I'm spending a lot of time on AI right now and uh-huh. understanding some of the new chatbots and some of those things. And what do they mean? What's that going to look like in five years?
0: And will we be able to have conversations <laughs> with those AI bots? It, it,
1: I think we're all going to learn and, and you know, we'll see where they add value and we uh-huh. see where perhaps there's detriments there. But um, the fact is – It continues to change and we all have to think a lot about what are the things around us that are changing and how do we move forward with that.
0: So I like to in the fourth uh, segment of our show encourage people to think about doing something a bit more. Um, So one of the encouragements I'm going to encourage our audience to think about is if you know – uh, a student or if you know a young person or if you know people that are looking for that, that job that may you know, be a good hourly job to, that makes them happy, um, what are some suggestions that you can give them to give to these young people or folks interested in hourly positions? I
1: think it's really just the understanding that it really doesn't matter where you go or what you do. You know, engaging with people, you know, one of the best skills in life is communication, right? Mm-hmm. It's the thing that we get value of forever. So take that part-time opportunity, spend a few hours, um, learn those basic skills but also learn the communication and the customer service and, mm-hmm. and the things that later on, doesn't matter what you do, they'll add value to your career.
0: And if there's someone in the audience that knows someone, you can encourage them also to check it out by going to capango.com and that – I'll let you spell it again.
1: C-A-P-A-N-G-O.
0: And I know there are people out there that may really be interested in a new way of looking at their hourly experience and how to apply for the jobs and maybe even just be open more to doing it because it doesn't intimidate them to make that first application.
1: Yeah, it's, um, quite frankly, it, it, as a job seeker, four minutes of your time, uh, and uh, I know in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, uh, I can pull up our app and I can see uh, more than 60 work opportunities available today, this morning as we're talking, so, uh, and more coming in every day. So we know there's a challenge there. Um, we want to do a better job of just matching people together to be successful.
0: Thank you so much, Stefan. We really appreciate that your time today and your creative insights and look forward to supporting you uh, today and in the future for getting people involved and, and empowering the service economy.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me to join you.